Hello and welcome to another edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. I'm Chris Sork, alongside Dilu, as we look back at K-State's 68-53 win over the Oklahoma Sooners in a Big 12 regular season title. As the Wildcats finish tied at the top of the Big 12 with Texas Tech at 14-4, and, and K-State will be the number one seed in uh, this week's Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. So we are going to recap the OU game, uh, maybe do a quick little rundown of maybe the best moments of the season in our eyes and kind of maybe where this season turned for K-State and get you ready for the Big 12 tournament uh, that takes place, uh, tips off uh, tomorrow night. Uh, you'll be listening to it uh, today as we're recording uh, on Tuesday evening, but uh, it should be a fun time in Kansas City. This, this tournament seems to be uh, wide open and, and should be hotly contested. Uh, as I think a lot of teams have a, have a really good shot uh, to come away with the Big 12 title, uh, Big 12 Conference Tournament title, I should say. So, Dilu, I'm going to bring you in here. Um, 68-53, K-State uh, took a lead of, of 10 points into the break, uh, leading 32-22, but never really felt uh, threatened at all in the second half by OU as, as the Wildcats uh, cruised to a pretty easy victory in this one. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a comfortably dull game for the Cats where K-State extended their lead as they've done, you know, it seems like in a lot of games throughout this season where they played the first, you know, maybe 15 minutes fairly close and then K-State cruises out to a bit of a lead before halftime and then uh, the second half it was it was a snoozer. I mean, yeah, never really looked back. Yeah, K-State plus played suffocating defense. Oklahoma wasn't hitting shots and that was... Uh, that was really the beginning and end of it on Saturday. Well, and uh, of course with it being Senior Day, uh, the, the senior class, which we, we talked about at length last week with Dean Wade, Barry Brown, and Kamal Stokes, uh, each finishing in double figures. Uh, Kamal Stokes leading the way with 19 points. Making some shots from outside was uh, was the name of the game. It went 4 of 10 from behind the arc, and, and K-State crews in this one. Uh, being at the game, too, it was it was a... Packed the house, crowd, um, it was packed house, crowd was into it throughout, uh, with the students being on spring break, you kind of wondered maybe uh, what that would look like, but uh, one of the best crowds of the season, no question, and and uh, the energy was there early and often for K-State, of course, uh, with the senior day festivities and, and getting out to a good start on this one. Yeah, it was a, it was a fitting send-off for the... Uh... The big three seniors uh, combining, of course, on Saturday for 45 points. Um, so a great performance by them, a great environment for K-State. And uh, now we're sipping on Dr. Peppers for the rest of the uh, all spring and all summer until uh, next season starts up again. That's right. Well, let's. Um, I just want to kind of break down a couple of performances. Uh, of course, mentioned Kamal Stokes leading the way with 19 points. Uh, 19 points, 6 assists. Uh, just a really strong game overall for him. Uh, Barry Brown chipped in 15, four assists. Um, just really, when you look up and down the, the roster, I mean, you got Dean Wade then 11 points, seven rebounds, four assists. One of seven for three from three for Dean, though. Yeah, yeah. K-State was, the crowd was ready to erupt early on, but K-State just kind of, was sputtering along, get great shots, uh, great looks at the basket, but just not being able to uh, dial those in. But there were some, of course, some highlights in this game too. Uh, 
Kamal Stokes, a senior-to-senior connection here, found Dean Wade on a uh, on a backdoor cut, which led to Dean uh, finishing over Brady Manick on a, on a reverse dunk, which was... The Lance Harris special, yeah, I call it. It was a uh, highlight moment for sure on Saturday. Yeah, that was pretty spectacular. One, one other guy, is, you know, obviously the seniors played great, and it was uh, a nice farewell for them, but how about Austin Trice? putting in 20 minutes of work on Saturday. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Drew. Uh, I get into this box score here a little bit. I see Trice uh, with 20 minutes and um, a girl with 21. You can kind of see where this rotation is looking at. Now, uh, we're going to get into some, some injury notes here in a little bit, but you really like to see the minutes uh, from Trice. Uh, productive, still uh, struggling from the free throw line. But uh, when you look at his performance, he's given K-State some really good minutes, uh, not only with the six points, uh, three of three from the field, but also seven rebounds. Uh, K-State has rebounded the ball pretty well this year, and uh, you know they, they haven't really had to rely on him to do that because he, he wasn't really in the rotation at that point. But when you look at uh, how he's kind of coming along, it gives you some – it gives you some hope that he can, can continue to build on this as as K State gets into March and uh, you know coming into a game if if uh, K State gets into a little bit of foul trouble and has to rely on their bench for a little bit more minutes uh, we have a little bit additional length with that bench. Yeah, and it's interesting just to see uh, Trice's rise because you know Stalker got a single minute on Saturday. Yeah, and. You think back, especially that uh, KU game, and I believe it was the KU game in Allen, where Stockard and Love were getting some significant yeah. minutes and left a lot of K-State fans feeling frustrated. You wonder what Trice would have been able to do if, if he was getting this kind of, uh, getting this experience throughout the season where he'd be now. But all that said, uh, he didn't, and it's nice to see him contributing uh Contributing the way he is now, I mean, seven rebounds in twenty minutes is nothing to shake. You know, it's nothing to sneeze at. No, absolutely not. So it was a, like I said, a workmanlike game for K State. Uh, Want to also bring bring your opinion in here? Uh, I was at the game, so I wasn't able to see the replays of it or hear uh, what uh, what the commentators were having to say about it. But uh, Austin Trice also found himself in a little bit of a. Uh, uh, a little bit of a well, I don't know if he would, I would go as far as saying it was a Donnybrook potentially, but uh, with Brady Manick uh, getting Brady Manick ejected from the game uh, on a uh, on a flagrant two foul there. That was weird. Um, you know, I thought the call could have gone either way. Uh, it, it didn't. They did show the replay. It didn't in the look arena, super egregious. No. I mean, his elbow was close, kind of close up to his neck, and it's it just hard to tell. I mean, if. A K State player would have got tossed. I would have been outraged for for it by it, but uh, you know, it could have gone either way. And but what was weird is Manic had a meltdown. Yeah. Afterwards, it was just bizarre. He just started. I mean, it looked like he was bawling. I mean, he throws a towel over his head and he's really upset. Uh, and it's like, man. It's all right. It's okay. You're not a senior. It's okay. This and well, it's also you're gonna play on the game's well in hand. What, are they playing point. tomorrow night? Uh, yes, they will be. Yeah, so it's like, hey, it's all right. You guys 
Got another game on Wednesday. Yeah. And this isn't the last time you're stepping on a basketball court. And they're also going to be an NCAA tournament team uh, by all intents and uh, all projections there. So, interesting to say yeah, the least. Yeah, that was but, pretty strange. But that's also a great thing that Trice can bring is by kind of being a little bit of a pest on the re- on the uh, on the boards, it, uh, it can get under the opponent's skin and, and keeping plays alive is, is a great uh, – Great attribute to bring. So yeah, just go up there and clean up the trash, and that's what that's what he does. I mean, that's where he's been getting, making his hay is just offensive rebounds and sticking it back in there. That we're not asking him to do too much, be too involved in the offense, just just clean up the garbage, and that's yeah. what he did. Seven rebounds in twenty minutes. And I think he's really beginning to understand that role, and and hopefully continuing to grow in that. And I think he does have uh, a little bit of more offensive potential maybe than what we've seen, but at this point and on this team, uh, definitely a guy that's going to be relied for uh, for his rebounding and his defense. So I uh, wanted to also uh, hit on the celebration after the game. thought it was extremely well done by K-State, uh, having uh, the confetti and, and the blowers and everything uh, you know, on hand and ready to go. And really sending this team and, and this uh, this senior class off uh, in style uh, as they played their last game in Manhattan. Yeah, I was watching it on, well, there was some t- stream on Twitter, I yeah. think. But it, it was pretty impressive. It looked like the, the real deal there. Um, and not only the confetti and, and all that stuff, but also they had the, ch- the sandstorm ready to go so people could yep. do the chant. Which is great, of course. Yeah, it's a hallowed tradition. Um, but, yeah, I thought they did a... It looked like K State had their, you know, their act together, and they were prepared for this. And it wasn't, you know, the rinky dink kind of thrown together thing that, you know, sometimes yeah, sometimes sometimes you get. You get but but uh, well, and the other thing too is I think I actually was listening to, uh, to John Kurtz and company on the game, and they had uh, Gene Taylor on, and he said, you know, given of course kudos to uh, their op staff uh, in getting everything put together. And there, I think that he said that made the comment that they were still cleaning out confetti uh, off the scoreboard and and uh, in the nooks and crannies of of the octagon of doom. And uh, they just said, "Man, what a shame this would have been if we wouldn't have won." So uh, all all that work on in, but K State took care of business and in a game that was really never in doubt. Yep, that was K State was the better team and showed that on Saturday. Well. Let's go ahead and kind of address the elephant in the room, so to speak, uh, with K-State's injury situations. What do you say? Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. We've avoided it long enough. So, are you a good news first or bad news first kind of guy? I'm a bad news first. Lay it okay. on me. So, the bad news is that Dean Wade has re-injured his foot, and uh, Bruce Weber has labeled him as doubtful for the Big 12 tournament. Not just the first game, but for uh, really the entirety of the tournament. It would be a shock if he was uh, able to go. But uh, that's kind of where we're at here. And this is always, of course, a a thing that keeps K-State fans up at night in terms of his availability. Because, of course, he adds so much to the team. And is you can make the argument is the the best player on the team. uh, But certainly one of of the – two best uh, on the team, and losing him for the Big 12 tournament, not a huge deal because K-State's already pretty well secure, I think, as a as a four seed or five seed. Uh, the, their 
their ticket is punched the NCAA tournament. But in terms of making a, a deep run in the Big 12 tournament, uh, not having him available it certainly is is a detriment. But really, the the bigger story is is this going to affect his availability for the NCAA tournament? Yeah, and that's what that's what the worry is. Um, you know, that said, K State's been without Dean in the tournament before sure. and, and got a ways, but uh, it would be a pretty big blow if if Dean's played his last game for K State. I mean, you know. You'd like to be all hands on deck here coming into March, and uh, you know I think we, I think Jada's projection is optimistic, which is nice. But losing Dean Wade, you cannot replace a Dean Wade. You cannot replace a Dean Wade. Yeah. And now K State, as you mentioned, has been able to has been able to play with Dean Wade successfully. Uh, you look no further than last year's NCAA tournament, uh, where they made it to the Elite Eight without him. Uh, however, they were definitely the, uh, the benefactor of, of getting a bit of an easier road to the Elite Eight than, than maybe some... You play something. the teams you play. That's right, that's right. And I, I do agree with you, though. Uh, having him out uh, for the NCAA tournament would, would definitely be a blow. But at this point in time, I think it's going to be an ongoing deal in terms of what his availability will be. Uh, for Kansas State, but uh, we certainly hope for the best for him. No yeah, question it's, there. it's it's a real shame if if that's uh, you know if that was the last time we see uh, Dean Wade play for K State. But you know if it was, a pretty good way to finish, I suppose. Sure, uh, worst but, ways to finish for sure. Yeah, and it'll be interesting watching how K State, you know, what Bruce does in the Big Twelve tournament. See whether K State just goes ultra small. Uh, I think that would be the play. Yeah, I think so too. I I, I don't foresee try starting along no. with Mayween because then it's there's not a lot of and, offensive options. And if they do start it that way, I don't think it's going to be a lineup you see a ton of. I think it'll be you know one of those things that we start maybe Trice comes out the first uh, media timeout and then you know you go from there. Uh, or maybe you insert Mike McGurl in the starting lineup if Cartier A. Uh, Jada's not able to to get in there quite yet. But that's the bad news for K-State. And, of course, we'll keep you up to date. Uh, be sure to stay uh, tuned uh, to uh, TSSO underscore podcast on Twitter for, for the for the nearest updates. And listen, make sure to listen to the podcast because this is your home for K-State injury news. This is. Um, you know, Breaking news, really. Mm-hmm. It's it's the best medium. To <laughs> it's the best to medium get. to find it. Yeah. That's right. Well, let's go to the good news. And the good news, the good news, the good news is that it, all uh, all reports are looking like uh, Cartier Jada will be able to be back uh, from his broken finger for the Big Twelve tournament. So, you know, while K State loses a huge uh, part of their team with Dean Wade potentially uh, for this. For this Big 12 tournament, they do gain uh, a guy who is really coming on uh, with Cartier Jada. Yeah, and that softens this blow quite a bit. And, you know, to have one of your leading offensive threats go out is, is obviously a very bad thing. But having getting somebody back who presents, uh, who can contribute offensively, that, that softens the blow certainly. And... Now, on the other hand, the other side of the coin is you think, 
man, if we had Jada back and everybody else is healthy, then this team just gets that much leaps stronger. and bounds better. Yeah. Uh, but even so, uh, you know, we just are going to go a little smaller. Yeah. And that's, that's just going to be how K-State operates uh, probably over the next few weeks. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you a question real quick here. Uh, if you were the Scorpion, how would you implement Jada back into into the rotation? Would you, you know, of course with him being sidelined for, you know, what has it been about four, five weeks now, you have to kind of wonder where he's at in terms of a, of a cardio perspective, in terms of how many minutes he's able to play, but... Of course, with um, with not having Dean Wade uh, for this Big Twelve tournament, but having had Austin Trice come on a little bit, does that allow you to kind of bring Jada on? You know, maybe a little bit more slowly uh, than you otherwise would have, or I guess kind of how would you like to see the Scorpion operate here? Well, I mean, I don't think you need to run them ragged sure. during the Big Twelve tournament. Certainly, I mean, I think that. Ideally, you can bring him in incrementally, like you mm-hmm. mentioned. I, I'd like to see him, you know, assuming K-State wins, you know, has a, not blowout, but a, a lead uh, against, uh, in their game on Thursday. Uh, see him get anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes, ideally, yeah. and just kind of ease him back into things. Um and then just build up his minutes from there. But come tournament time, I, th- it's, you play him as much as you need to play him. Oh, I mean, of I, course. I don't. But in terms of the Big Twelve tournament, no, use him as needed. Use him as needed. Okay, I kind of agree with that. I I don't want to necessarily, uh, throw him back into the lineup right away with starters minutes unless I have to. Uh, I would like to keep him kind of at that fifteen minute range and get him working back in. If K State's able to get to the finals, then maybe he's kind of got that, uh, got that win back underneath him, so to speak. And uh, you know, hopefully at that point, uh, you know, you don't have any, uh, you can let the reins go on him a little bit and let him, uh, let him go as needed. So it'll be interesting to see how they, um, how they, you know, implement him back in. The one thing too, and I think this speaks a lot to uh, uh, Cartier, is that he's able to really thrive in in a role that whether he was starting or coming off the bench, it took him a little bit this year to adjust that role, I think, coming off the bench and uh, kind of what the role the coaches were, were setting for him. But he seemed to figure that out, and, and it has seemed to really thrive in that, uh, unfortunately, until injury occurred. Yeah, and I think that, you know, there's cert- there's examples of guys really, you know, in recent memory for K-State, take Mike McGurl last year, for instance. Guy yeah, came, came on out in the really out of nowhere. And, out of basically obscurity and just had a huge game, especially against Creighton. But it's not quite the same with Jada just because he's been around the block and has been a very important piece of this K-State team this year. Uh, But just being self-aware enough to know your role and that, young man, there's a future for you in this program. I mean, next year this is really going to be your team along with, you know, Snead and uh, McGurl. The, in the bell cow, of course. Of course. But, uh, you know, I think that coming off the bench shouldn't be less of a motivation for him. I, and I think he understands that. Yep. So that kind of wraps up the um, the OU game and and uh, the 
news on the injury front, so to speak. I want to put you on the spot here real quick, uh, D. Louie. When you look back at this regular season uh, for Kansas State, and in particular the conference uh, portion of the schedule, K-State goes 14-4 in the Big 12, wins a share of the conference title. To you, maybe highlight a few moments, a few games that really stick out to you as to how K-State got to that 14-4 mark. Well, obviously, I mean, the West Virginia game. I think you have to start there. That's that's right. I mean, it's that's where, at halftime of that game, it was looking grim. Oh, it was it, looking... It, K-State's yeah. going to just it, it was looking, ride off into the sunset here in 2019. Yeah, and I, I want to just speak on that for a little bit. I thought that game was, obviously, I think it's the number one moment of the oh, season. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, for In my estimation. And it's not necessarily so much that, oh... You know, I, I mean, at that point, K-State's 0-2. They're down 21 uh, points to West Virginia before making a making a comeback. At that point, you're not even considering in your wildest dreams that K-State's going to be set at 14-4 at the end of the season with a chance to win the conference title. You're thinking, oh, my God, is this team going to be able to – what's it going to take if, if this team goes maybe 8-10, 7-11 in Big 12 play? Can they get to the NCAA tournament? Well, yeah, because I mean, you're sitting there in that West Virginia game, and, and it's a it, it's a tough stretch coming out. Yeah, you're looking at you're looking down the barrel of at Iowa State and at Oklahoma, and all yeah. of a sudden you're thinking, well, sheesh, we're going to start off zero and five in the conference. Yeah, I uh, believe I remember we had I had a question uh, in the Ask the Icon segment, kind of around that time. Does K State win a game in the month of January? And here we are. Yeah, and I, we were looking at that stretch thinking, uh, you know, if we can just get past this stretch and still have just have, know, just get some legs momentum. under us. Yeah, because we knew we were going to get Dean Wade back eventually and didn't know quite how long that, uh, how long his hiatus was going to be, but that you have to point to as as a, a moment where things really took a turn for K-State. Absolutely, and so I think that West Virginia game to get that comeback, it, it felt it was a nice win at the time, but we weren't quite. There was still a lot of uh, nervousness uh, around K State's team because it was like, yeah, it was a nice win, but after all, it was West Virginia. It was at home. I mean, that's you know just gonna that's gonna be about the easiest game of the season for any Big Twelve team. Uh, but then that next game actually was also huge. You mm-hmm. go up and get a win uh, against an Iowa State team that was pretty good. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, number twenty at the time. Yeah, to to go up there and steal one in Ames, I think that's that surprised everybody. Um, and then all of a sudden it was like, okay, now we're we've got back we're, to we're even. We're back to even. Yeah. And uh, after that, we just you know go on a not, go on a nine game conference winning streak. And, yeah. um, well, I guess seven after that, but a nine-game in total conference winning streak. Uh, that Iowa State game is a, is a great uh, is a great point by you. Uh, that was a game K-State came in, I believe, a double-digit underdog into and was able to, to win on some last-second heroics uh, from Barry Brown. But another game that I point at, too, that I thought was a, was a huge moment for K-State was going on the road uh, to Texas. In, in coming out with a win there. Uh, K-State right now really in the thick of a, of a uh, Big 12 title race, uh, sitting in great shape to 
to be in that position uh, to close this thing out. And of course, there was the news that was the first game without Cartier Jada, um, with with the broken uh, broken finger. So you were looking at that and you were thinking, okay, well, at this point, this is going to be a tough game on the road at Texas. We're a little bit shorthanded. It's our first game without him. And K-State trails at halftime, but really have a dominating performance in the second half, uh, especially defensively, and are able to come away with with a big win there. So when you look at these games, that's one that uh, sticks out to me. And then, of course, uh, the victory over KU uh, at home in Bramlage. Yeah, and the, all very important games, and all all games where you know that going into the game, throughout the game, there was you know a little uncertainty, but uh, just a testament to the seniors to be able to ride the wave, and especially after a poor start to come out and salvage uh, what could have been a pretty ugly season yeah. if if things went like they looked like they were going to go at halftime of that West Virginia game. Yeah, ton of credit to the players, ton of credit to the coaching staff, uh, of course, as well, uh, to really run off a, a great streak and, and close this regular season out um, on a high note uh, for K-State as they finished the regular season 24-7 and and 14-4 and in conference play. We'll be back after a quick break, and after this break, we'll break down uh, how we see the Big 12 tournament unfolding and answer your questions at Ask the Icon. Join us after the break. All right, we are back here on the Short Side Option Podcast, where we will give our preview and our predictions for the Big 12 tournament. Um, Going to be a wide-open Big 12 tournament in my eyes. Uh, first round, of course, starts uh, today, Wednesday, March 13th. And uh, the final will be Saturday, at 5 o'clock on ESPN. All games can be found on the ESPN family of networks. So, D-Lou, this is one of my favorite uh, events of the year. When you get uh, all the Big 12 teams uh, together down in, in Kansas City, down at the Sprint Center, it's some of the most fun basketball you'll see uh, throughout the season. And I think with the way things have shaped up all season, really, as it being a uh, a tightly contested conference where folks can, uh, you, you know, if you don't bring your A game, you can come out and lose any night. And I, um, I expect to see a great tournament here done that will unfold here in Kansas City. Yeah, I do, I do too. Um, you know, I think that there's, uh, gosh, I, I think that it's a tightly contested tournament for sure. Uh, I will say that. You know, I'd be surprised you, if a team like Oklahoma State oh, sure, made yeah. much noise. Yeah, Virginia, I'm not. But, yeah, but uh, I, I expect I expect the the semifinal games to be all pretty close because at that point I think that the top half of this conference is uh, pretty tight and pretty uh, all pretty good teams. Well, I think you can say it a couple different ways. I think K State and Texas Tech as they've shown uh, throughout the season, are the two best teams in the conference. Yeah. I don't think that there's much argument about that. However, with Dean Wade not uh, being likely to play for K-State, and with Iowa State's um, recent struggles, of course, but still a team that has shown that they can 
they can turn it on here in the Big 12 tournament as they've uh, been probably the best Big 12 tournament team here over the last handful of years. Uh, then you have Texas Tech, who is really playing some of the best basketball, not only in the Big 12, but in the nation uh, at this point. And then you have KU uh, right here in their backyard. You know, they want to uh, atone, I guess, for, for not uh, you know winning the conference title in the regular season, but maybe by getting uh, a conference tournament title uh, would, would soothe some of those wounds a little bit for them. But you got teams like Texas, you got teams like Oklahoma, you got teams like TCU that are all fighting uh, to really uh, put the rubber stamp on their invitation for the for the NCAA tournament, and uh, making some noise this week could go a long way in in doing that for those teams. Yeah, it's always a, a wild four days with teams got a bunch to play for, whether it's seeding or whether it's just to confirm their spot in the dance, but or whether it's just you know. Bragging rights, baby. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, it uh, should be a fun uh, fun four days, and I expect to see uh, a lot of tight games and a lot of uh, nice culmination to the end of the, uh, to the, end of the season. Okay, well, we've uh, kind of gave it the overview here. Let's, let's get down to the nitty-gritty of things. First round takes place uh, tonight, 6 o'clock tip-off on ESPNU, TCU, Against Oklahoma State, winner will play Kansas State uh, on Thursday. How do you see that one going? I don't. I, I think TCU's got it. I'm, okay. I'm going to eat chalk on that. And, okay. Uh, just because, really, and I'm going to spoil this. I think that the two, I think Oklahoma State and West Virginia are just considerably worse than uh, than the rest of the conference. And that's not to say that they can't rise up and steal one. I mean. Obviously, West Virginia beat KU earlier this season, but sure. um, I I see uh, I see TCU getting the job done tomorrow night. Tonight, oh, excuse me. Tonight, yeah. Well, well, of course, as we said, we're recording on Tuesday night. Uh, we'll be available, of course, Wednesday. So let's look at uh, the next one. I think you already kind of gave your tipped your hand here. Uh, OU West Virginia. Who do you got there? Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma. I think only one. There's only one, and. Uh, you know, Saturday notwithstanding, I think they come out and and beat West Virginia. I think West Virginia's uh, been checked out of this season for for a little bit since maybe since early February when Huggins noted that we suck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> been a tough season for the Mountaineers, no yeah. question. So we agree on the uh, we agree that OU is going to win, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the pokes uh, to pull the upset. On, on the frogs like and put the frogs squarely on the bubble. Uh, if if they aren't already, they are they are now. They got they did get a nice win over Texas on the uh, the last Saturday of the regular season. But go ahead and give me uh, the pokes against uh, the frogs to set up a matchup with K State uh, on Thursday. I like it. I, okay. I, I like it. I'd I'd, uh, I'd also like that matchup for K State. Yeah, K State is. I mean, just drilled Oklahoma State the two times that they've played so far this season. Uh, so that would be a matchup that, that you'd think K-State would be more than happy to see. So let's go. Uh, we're in the quarterfinals now. Uh, four seeds Baylor, five seeds Iowa State. How do you see that one shaking out? Uh, give me the clones in Kansas City. They, uh, it's where they're comfortable. It's, they're home away from home. Um, you know, they've, they've been kind of leaking oil over the last month, but 
uh, I think they find a way to win against Scott Drew's Baylor squad. Okay, we agree. We're both taking the clones there. Uh, K-State, you have them against TCU. I have them against Oklahoma State, but I think we still come away with the same conclusion on this one. K-State. K-State moves their way into the semifinals. So now we have um, Texas Tech against Oklahoma. How do we see that one checking out? Tech cruises. No, no, no sweat there. No right? sweat. They get the job done. They are playing great basketball. I agree. I do think it's a little bit tighter though, than maybe than maybe you do. So the experts think this one down here at the bottom. It's the nightcap. Uh, a late tip off on Thursday evening. KU in Texas. Texas uh, should have Ker- Kerwin Roach back. Uh, available for this uh, Big 12 tournament, Texas really needing to get that uh, another another big win would go a long way for them and their tournament resume. Uh, KU ha- hasn't shown ability really to win uh, outside of Allen Fieldhouse this season. How do you see this one shaking out? Uh, I see KU get the job done against Texas. Um, you know it's. As you mentioned, KU's struggled away from Allen Fieldhouse, but uh, it's going to be a pretty friendly crowd sure. down no in, in uh, the Power and Light District. Speaking of home away from home, uh, definitely a, a com- comfortable environment for, for the Squawks here. Yeah, and so I, I, see, uh, I see KU getting the job done there. Okay, so we have the same semifinals. We've got Iowa State and Kansas State in one semifinal. We have Texas Tech and KU in the other. Should be a great uh, Friday uh, evening of basketball at the Sprint Center. If that unfolds the way we see it, uh, let's talk about how these semifinals are going to go. K State, K State, K State. I think they're getting. I think uh, no Dean Wade, no problem. No Dean Wade, no problem. Uh, Iowa State got the better of K State. Uh, you know, in Bramlage when they played last time, uh, Iowa State needed a Herculean shooting performance. Uh, and I think K State's gonna gonna get the better of them on Saturday. I think uh, give me the give me the Cats heading to the finals. This one's tough for me. I'm taking K State, but I'm taking them in a nail biter. Mm. Close one. I think maybe we see a little bit of what we saw in Ames with a Barry Brown uh, layup as. As the clock's winding down to get K State ahead and and uh, thwart Iowa State's final possession, give me the Cats in a nail biter as they make their way to the finals. So the other semifinal, Tech and KU. How do you sh- see it shaking out in front of what will definitely be a partisan KU crowd? I would I would well actually this might be interesting here because you have K State and Iowa State playing in the first semifinal to. Um, Two fan bases that will show up in, in droves for this. Maybe you see a, more of a pro Texas Tech crowd potentially than, you uh, than you're used to. Yeah, maybe, on Friday in what, Kansas City. What, what do you but, think about that? Well, uh, how do you see that game shaking out? I I see Tech winning. I think Tech is just rolling right now, and I think uh, probably not to the extent they won in Lubbock a couple weeks ago. But uh, I think Tech's a better team, and I think that they're Gonna, gonna act like the better team. We gotta stop agreeing on these things, man. I know. I'm going Texas Tech too. I think this will be a really good game. 
But for me, Tech, too good right now, too much firepower. I, I got to give uh, Tech the advantage in that one. So we have a final. The one seed versus the two seed. Straight shock. Shock eaters. How do you see this one shaking out? I, I see Tech getting the better at K-State. I think K-State, uh, you know, without Dean Wade, it's going to be a, a struggle against really good teams. I think Tech's a really good team. I mean, obviously it's possible K-State uh, still has some firepower, especially if Jada is at that point playing significant minutes, which hopefully he is. Uh, but I have a hard time seeing K-State without Dean Wade keeping up with Texas Tech. Hmm. Hmm. This is where we're at here, huh? I um, I think your assessment is is right on. I think you're you're making some great points here, D. Louie. But something tells me that this is a game, and against a team like Texas Tech, who. Can go hot and cold, but they've been playing well offensively uh, over this this stretch where they've just been running rough shot over the conference. I could see K State really muddying this thing up and playing it back in the fifties, kind of where it was uh, when Texas Tech came uh, to Bramwich earlier this season and, and and getting a win there. But I have to agree with you. I think Texas Tech is just the better team right now. If this was uh, if K State had Dean Wade at their disposal, giving the Cats all day. I think K State's the better team over Texas Tech, but uh, without Dean Wade available, it's just too tough to see K State uh, making it happen in this one. So, I think we agree. I think we have uh, have pretty much. I think what do we disagree on? Just one pick? Yeah, we we we, we had a vehement disagreement about uh, TCU and the TCU Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Yeah, give me the pokes, baby. Mm-mm. Guns up. Better coffee on it? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know how coffee <laughs> Check your I bank am. account. Yeah, I'll have to check to make sure that can cl- that uh, extra cup of coffee can clear. Yeah. But, uh, well, it should be a fun uh, a fun weekend, and uh, you're going. You'll absolutely. be down there. I'll be down there. Um, feel free uh, to to say hello. Please don't punch me in, in the jaw again. I've been nursing that but back. Get in to- his face. Yeah, but get in my face a little bit. That's fine. Just yeah. don't hit me, please. Yeah. But Reasonable. let's uh, I just want to go just a bit further. We both have K State making it to the finals. In order for K State to to get to the finals and have a chance maybe to win this tournament, tell me give me two or three things that if K State's gonna do that, um, how it's gonna be done. Well, I think it's very simple. I think K State just can't disappear on offense like it's Shona can do throughout this season, especially because the margin for error is a lot slimmer uh, without Dean Wade. Sure. And so I think that whatever rut that Barry's been in, where he's been kind of battling out of it these last couple games, uh, I think that needs to get solved ASAP. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Jada needs to be a presence. I think that, uh, you know, Cam has to keep shooting. X can't go cold, but... We saw in the first two games of the conference season that K-State's margin for error without Dean Wade is uh, very slim. Sure. And so, uh, for me, for K-State to have success in this tournament, it's going to just have to have consistent offense from uh, from, all from some members, of the other yeah. from some of the other players. And D. Louis, you have just set me up 
like you wouldn't believe from my X Factor. And I think you may, in fact, know where I'm going with this. I'm, I don't. I'm at a loss. I think the X Factor in Kansas City is going to be the bell cow. Oh, I like that. Because Mr. Sprint Center himself. That's right. Of course, who could forget his 29-point output against KU last year in the semis? And then also, don't even look uh, further than, than this season. In K-State's uh, lone trip to the Sprint Center so far, a 69-58 victory over the Vanderbilt Commodores, who happened to go uh, the first team since uh, the SEC went to an expanded schedule to finish over the season in conference play. Wow. So how about that? That's fascinating. But uh, I think Belkow in this last game against uh, Vandy just absolutely tormented the Commodores. 15 points, 5 rebounds, a sick left-handed dunk. There was just... It was his own personal pasture out of the Sprint Center that night. And... I think that he will uh, find the familiar and friendly confines of Sprint Center to be to his liking, and I expect a big tournament from the Bell Cow. I love it. I love it. The Bell Cow, the scourge of Kansas City. That's right. That's right. So, But I, I want to echo your, your sentiments. I do think it's going to have to be an all-hands-on-deck approach for K-State. It's a, it's a cliche, but I think it rings true here. Uh, everyone's going to have to pick up a little bit more with, uh, with Dean Wade of being doubtful for the Big 12 tournament. And getting Cartier Jada back, though, I think uh, is a big help. Goes uh, a long way. Yeah, I do. I mm-hmm. really do. So, Well, folks, that'll do it for the Big 12 uh, tournament preview. should be a lot of fun watching it. Uh, let us know what your predictions are for the Big 12 uh, tournament. Comments uh, at the uh, Short Side Options Twitter handle, at TSSO underscore podcast. Let us know what you think. That's right. Uh, and also, while you're there, go ahead and submit questions to us. Because now we're getting into our final segment of the podcast, a segment we call Ask the Icon, where listeners can submit their questions to the short side options very own Chris the Icon Sork. Uh, and you can do that by uh, submitting to us on Twitter, at TSSO underscore podcast, or using the hashtag Ask the Icon. Or, you know, if you see the icon at the Sprint Center on, uh, on Wednesday, Thursday night, Go ahead, just go ahead. Maybe buy him some nachos. Yeah. And while you're while you're handing them off, no jalapenos, please. Yeah, hold the jalapenos, of course. While you're handing them off, say, "Icon, from me to you, I have a question." And then we'll share some nachos together. How 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 nice does that sound? Sounds wonderful. Yeah. Uh, with no further ado, we'll get right into uh, this week's edition of Ask the Icon. Uh, we have a trio of questions coming from listener Ryan Moss. Uh. At Powercat Ryan on Twitter. Let me hear him. Ryan's first. Should we save space in the Octagon of Doom by putting all three seniors on one banner? Ooh. That first would be of all, how many do you think any any of these three seniors get their numbers retired? Yeah. Do you think yeah. all three do? No, I don't think all three do. Uh, I think Kamal Stokes is probably the one that's gonna be excluded on that. Mm. But um I think Barry Brown and Dean Wade, uh, with Dean Wade going back-to-back, first-team All-Big 12, um, first Wildcat to do that since Jacob Pullen, puts him in some pretty rarefied air. And, and then Barry Brown. I mean, what can what more needs to be said? Climbing up, uh, going to be top five in scoring uh, at Kansas State. Uh, of course, the Steels leader and has really just been an Ironman 
every game played for him. You have to you have to love that consistency, and then just look uh, at some of the big moments he's had as a Wildcat. Uh, I think he I think he finds his way. Uh, I think both him and Dean Wade find them find their way into the Raptors at some point. Separate banners or one? I do kind of like the idea of all of them together because I think that that's kind of how these group of seniors will be remembered mm-hmm. as as. Uh, you know, of course, as a big Yankees fan, the core four. Georgie. Mm-hmm. Jeets. Yeah. All those guys. The, those and the two, other two. And the other two, of course, with... Um, <coughs> excuse Professor me. Professor Marianne. Mariano. And then uh, Bernie Williams. That's right. So... No, I think that's a cool idea, actually. I do kind of like it. I mean, um, you associate... Mike Evans and Chucky Williams, purple popcorn twins. Can't have one without the other. Yeah. Can't have, uh, you know, you can't have Barry without Dean, without Cam, vice versa. Kind of the, you know, I always thought of those guys as kind of the shield of. Yeah, maybe State that's basketball. maybe that's the more apt. Um, the three hounds of justice. Yeah, and I, excuse me, D. Louis, I misspoke. I forgot, I forgot about Andy Pettit. The starting pitcher? Yeah, he is a starting pitcher. Okay, so, uh, um, excuse me, um, but Bernie Williams is often added into the core, to the core five, almost, if you will. So, uh, Andy Pettit, uh, of course, can't forget uh, the big lefty. Of course not. Uh, we'll get to Ryan's second of three. He asks, would you be disappointed if the Cats lose in the Sweet 16 if all players are available? Yeah, I'd be disappointed. Yeah. But the thing is, though, is as K-State will be a 4-5 or five seed, most likely, in the NCAA tournament, that means you lose to a 1 seed, most likely. There's no shame in that, really. But, I mean, of course, if if they don't get to the Sweet 16, and was that his question, or if they would, were to lose? They lose in the Sweet 16, they fall short of the Elite Eight. That would be disappointing, but it would by by no means leave a sour taste in, in your mouth. If you couldn't get to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, that would. But uh, it, you know, if they were to lose to uh, Virginia, uh, Gonzaga, a a uh, Duke in in the Sweet Sixteen, it would be tough to really have too bad of a taste in your mouth there. Yeah, well said. Ryan's final question. Who had the bigger turnaround in fan perception? Weber, the Scorpion, or uh, Kleiman? Oh, I don't think it's any questions, Bruce Weber. I do, yeah, 100%. I don't think there's, yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, he was met with um, Near a ton universal, of resistance. Uh, yeah, uh, a ton of resistance there. Especially and, following, I mean, and following so, Frank, who was extremely popular and well-liked I by mean, everybody. I think Snyder would run his course with a lot of fans. Sure. And so when you're following somebody who's, you know, K-State fans thought this guy's got a bright future ahead of him here at K-State, yeah. uh, I think it's a lot harder to to turn that around. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's clearly uh, Bruce Weber. And also, too, Chris Kleiman's never coached a game at K-State, too, as far as that goes. Right. So and Bruce Weber's won two conference titles. If, and what exactly. is it, six years? That's right. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I think Bruce has, has done, uh, of course, an incredible job at K-State and hope for many more years. Because Bruce's seat was hot even just a couple of years ago. Yeah, when uh, the mass exodus of, of uh, Trey Harris, uh, Marcus Foster, 
Um, well, I'm, so, I'm talking that. more recently. Than oh that. well, yeah, but I mean, just saying that was relatively recently into his into his tenure. That, right. I mean, that was year three or four, and I don't. It wasn't really until last year's tournament time that K State fans really got got behind him. Yeah, no, absolutely. Even after that first year when when K State uh, goes out and and does win the conference title, of course they lost the first round that year to LaSalle, and um, that left a lot of a bitter taste in a lot of people's mouth. And of course, um, you know, people that wanted to uh, to hate on Bruce say, oh well, you know, he did it all with Frank's players, just like how he did it all with Bill Self's players at Illinois, and uh, winning this conference title with his own group of players is, I think, really absolves any, any um, it, it dissolves that narrative that, oh, he can't win with his, without his own play, or with other people's players, he can only win with those other people's players, he can't win with his own. So right. I think that, uh, that dispels that. He's, he's stung his haters. Yes. Yes, he has. And pinched, too. That's right. Uh, next question comes from listener Michael Beasley for KSU Minister of Culture. Formerly oh, known as... This was the Prez. Uh, the president. Yeah. Okay, well, all right. At KSU funny underscore... I'm sorry, KSU underscore funny 33. He asks, Does Bruce deserve a statue and a highway named after him? Absolutely. You know, may I? I, I see people talk about how... Well, it took... Snyder only won two conference championships in, you know, 25 years. Or, or how... 26, 27, however many... And Bruce won it, and Bruce won two and six. Yep. Well, that's true. It but is. it's it's kind of apples and oranges, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because a, you know, the depths of where the depths of where you can't come from count. Sure. You know, Bill Snyder didn't inherit the equivalent of Rodney Magruder, Thomas Gibson it. on his team. Far from it. He had a guy with only one eye playing on that first <laughs> team. Uh, it's true. Hey, if you've watched. Uh, and, yeah. and the Miracle Man no. It's harder to rebuild a football program. Oh yeah, it's more players. Yeah, more players. I mean, <laughs> you, K State turned around. K State was Jim Woldridge's yeah. team in one really one recruiting class to get K State competitive in the Big Twelve. I think K State started out that year. Uh, Bruce's first year at K-State, right outside the top 25, if I remember correctly. But they were right there. I mean, this is a team a, a team that was built to win and obviously did win and spent a lot of that season in the top 10. So, yeah, he where, where he started at is, is of course, uh, I, I guess day. it's a little disingenuous to me to say, oh, well, let's let's give Bruce Iowa because two conference championships, that's, what, that's the barometer – not quite. It's it's. A I just different. think I think Bruce Weber Highway just has a really nice ring to it. You know, give him a highway. Go for it. Yeah. But give him everything he wants. Build him a statue. I don't care. Name name the, the Bruce Weber Family Arena. Great. Call it Sam. Excuse me. But or you could change it to arena if you. But want let's to. keep let's keep this in perspective. The, yeah, I think that's because it kind of diminishes the turnaround for K State from the legend. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think that's a good point, Drew. And I know that. The president here is, you know, being a card. But I have seen that sentiment uh, through, you know, over the last... And it irks you. It kind of does. because it's tell. Because it makes me think that people don't appreciate the the accomplishment of K-State having even a 
decent, irrelevant team. Yep. No argument from me. Better not be. No, there isn't. There isn't. I, I already had this job broken once. I don't need to have it again. Uh, Mr. President, second question. Where do you stand on one shining moment? Love it. You're Love a fan. It. Oh, absolutely. Um, now, I did not like it. Uh, now, you're going to have to help me out here. But I think you actually you don't have to help me out because I, I it, it's it's tough to even remember so I'm not gonna put you on the spot like that but they had a remix they took out the Luther Vandross version of One Shiny Moment and implemented somebody else and it just was not the same so Luther Vandross One Shiny Moment a okay love it all right uh, final question from the president Team iPhone or Team Android. Um, I am a, I am I'm an iPhone man, but uh, my first phone was a Droid, so I have uh, had some experience with with the uh, the Droid. The reason why I got the Droid originally because I liked the sound that it made whenever you got a text message, George. Droid, I, I really that liked that. Cool. That was really cool. So, uh, but I am now uh, on the iPhone side of things and have been for some time. Excellent. Uh, final question of the week comes from listener Ethan Holiday at Ethan underscore. Holiday, H-O-L-A-D-A-Y. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ethan asks, if Dean doesn't play the rest of the year, what is the ceiling for this team going into the NCAA tournament? He has a couple questions, so we'll start okay. there. Well, thank you for the question, Ethan. Uh, I think that K-State's ceiling is, I mean, I think everything's still right there for him. Of course, uh, this team uh, has that... Um, it has that um, has that belief, really. I guess I think it's probably the best way to say it that they can go do this because they've they've done it last year with them or without them. You know, going to the Elite Eight. Now, granted, uh, I think that that is certainly possible again. Of course, without having Dean Wade, um, it is significantly more difficult. But I think. Everything this team hopes and aspires for uh, is still uh, certainly available for him, with or without Dean Wade. So no ceiling. As Michael Jordan once said, the ceiling is the roof. <laughs> wow, that's a wise philosopher's corner for Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. A programming note, no philosopher's corner this week. Uh, Ethan's final question come is uh, also... Construct a starting five from your favorite K-State basketball players post the Wooldridge era. So post-Wooldridge era? Yeah, so I know, so don't even think about inserting Des Willingham into this. What about Jeremiah Massey? I can't do that? Nope. nope. No, no, sir. Well, No Frank that's... Richards either. Oh, man. <laughs> this is tough. <laughs> this is yeah. tough. I, I will have to say that this is a great question, and I, I, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. But for a starting five of, I'm going to try to put the best lineup out there. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I'm going to go, you got to go Michael Beasley. Yeah. Jacob Poland. Mm-hmm. Those two, I think, you can't argue. Period. End of story. And then I'm going to go Rodney Magruder. I'm going to go Barry Brown. And I'm going to go Dean Wade. So, yes, I will admit, there's probably... No some, Henry? No. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with... Uh, with that starting five, now I will fully admit there's definitely some recent recency bias here. There is. Yeah. But I mean, think about that team. You've got 
Dean Wade, who can kill you from the outside and the inside. Michael Beasley, who can do whatever he wants on the court. Ronnie Magruder, consistent three-point shooter. Jacob Pullen can do whatever he wants on the court. And you got Barry Brown, who's just a straight-up lockdown defender and can also drive, finish in the mid-range, and also finish at an elite level. Tough to beat. That's a, that's a pretty darn talented team, I think. And uh, a team that I I would love to see that team play. Uh, that would be a... That would be a team that I don't think loses very often. A lot of first team all Big Twelve players on that team. Yeah, absolutely. How about you? Does that? How does that sound to you? You know, I think I'd go Beasley, Jake. Give me, uh, give me Bill okay. over uh, over Dean. Okay. Rod and ah, uh, Denny. Yeah, Clementine, yeah. I was gonna I was gonna say Barry or, or Denny, but but give me give me a. Real Bruce Weber guy. Give me, give me Barry on that team. Okay, so very similar there as well. We've just been copying each other's homework. Well, I had, I had Bill. Yeah, very similar though. We had four of the five, correct? Yeah, and I think that's. I think of those six. There's about eight players on there I'd entertain. Probably. Oh. I mean, you could say uh, Denny. You could say Dean. Uh, guys that I left off my list. Yeah, but. But I think that there's seven or eight guys. And you know there. what? I have no I have no issue at all with your team. I think it's a very good team. Thank you. So, well, folks, that will wrap it up for this week's edition of the Short Side Option. It's a pleasure bringing it to you. It should be a lot of fun this weekend down at the Sprint Center uh, for the Big 12 tournament. Drew, is there anything that you'd like to say uh, here before we sign off? <clears throat> well, there's, there's one last thing, and that's just I want to tell the listeners that I uh, hope they have a great weekend. hope they enjoy the tournament. And uh, that I, uh, that I love. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's very nice. Mm -hmm. It's very nice of you to say, Drew. Well, of course, folks, I love you too. And thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Short Side Option. Go Cats. Please like, please like.